Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It is truly luxurious, Tom Dorian. It is. You got your uh, radio voice, I see. I hear. We're all set, man. We're looking good. Dear Deacon. We're talking good. Dear Deacon, thank you so much for for that. You're uh, welcome. That greeting and that welcome. I'm here for you. You know what? I'm glad you're here because we're going to talk about something that is Uh very close to your heart, and that is bricks. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) They're in your head. Yes. They're in your heart. (laughs) Uh, No, just kidding, Tom. But I am going to talk about my hands I am on the football about, field. Yeah, and that's Brick why hands. you're always Tommy, 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 Do Ryan, exactly. Ryan, Ryan. Exactly. Um, so we are going to talk about brick walls. Brick walls. Well, there's a lot of brick walls in our in our lives, but you know, especially now, we're we're called to to evangelize. Yes. Right. We're called to go out. Speaking right? the of great brick walls, right? <laughs> exactly. And and the point is, when we wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we open our eyes and the first thing we see is brick wall, mm-hmm. right? That's going to keep us from doing what we're called to do. So right. as important as evangelization is, and we all agree it's important. It is. And right, the church is going through this beautiful uh, time of the new evangelization. All of the, the, the Holy Fathers, the two previous Holy Fathers, uh, Pope Francis, we're all talking about the new evangelization. We have, we have speakers all over the place yep. talking about the new evangelization. We have bishops. We have priests, deacons, everyone's talking about the new evangelization. We have radio shows. Right, new new methods, new ardor, right. you know, all these things that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And yet, the majority of us, even I at times, we wake up in the morning and there's a brick wall. All we see is an obstacle. We can't do it. Right. We come with all these reasons why we can't do it. And so what I wanted to do was spend a little time on this show talking about those reasons, reasons and maybe sort of disarming them a little bit. Good topic. Like trying to bust a hole in that uh, brick wall. Yeah, great topic. Tumble it down. So what are the the brick walls in our life when it comes to evangelizing? Mm-hmm. Right? And I, the first one I want to talk about is the idea that what it is, our message, what we're, what we're supposed to go out and do, as mm-hmm. Jesus called us, our message is countercultural. Totally. Right? I mean, we, we get called haters and, and bigots and... Uh, uh, you know, we're intolerant. Yeah. Right. Because we don't tolerate all these, these different things. And I guess it, a picture is painted as uh, uh, us as haters. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's sad. In fact, in a lot of cases, it's actually illegal. Right. right? That's a big brick wall. Huge. There are things that you can't do mm-hmm. um, without realizing that the culture is totally against you. I, I, I see this image of the person walking down the streets in New York, you know, in a uh, during rush hour walking traffic, and you see this big herd of people moving, and the person in the very middle, right, is walking, and he he is walking in the same direction as everybody else because he can do no no other. Right, right. you can't turn around. It's kind of like when you, you get come trampled if you, you try to turn around. If you when you come out of uh, of church, you right. know, when everybody's leaving at the same time, you know, five minutes before it's over, you better be going in the same direction. <laughs> That's exactly right, and and you suddenly realize you left your sunglasses, your keys right. on the pew, <laughs> and you turn around now. Suddenly, you know what it's like to be in a countercultural world because the, the culture is leaving the church, right? They're walking out, right, right. and you're trying to walk back in. You're going in the opposite direction, right? And that's what we—that's what we—that's uh, what we run into. Sure, and that's a big deal to know that. But at the same time, it's hard. 
I think the answer to that mm-hmm. is understanding and recognizing that, you know, even though the message may be countercultural, mm-hmm. the message is a good one, and the message is true, right? And the message is holy. Yep. And really, at the at the end of it all, we do it out of love, and yep. and we really have the obligation to do that. Amen. Even though the the culture is leaning the other way, it's so easy for us to kind of fall and. You know how parents can sometimes be friends to their kids and not teach them what they need to be teaching them. Yeah. And then the kids can kind of go off the plantation a little bit and and, uh, and things can be problematic. Sure. Right? But that's because they kind of just kind of go along and get along. Right. Versus sort of stopping and standing and say and standing up for what's right. Being a parent, stand yeah, firm. And that's a hard thing to do. But, the, but, but if you believe it's true, if you ultimately believe that it's good, mm-hmm. then actually you're doing the wrong thing by not sharing that message of hope and love. Oh yeah. Right. Faith, hope and love are important. And if we don't share them, then we're not doing the right thing. Yeah. Right. So even though it may be countercultural, we're actually called to, to move in that direction. Yep. So the other thing of another brick wall Mm -hmm. is that the media, and I don't just mean uh, like news organizations, but I mean anything that's on television, any, all the blogs, all the news, all the magazines, all the newspapers tend to be so negative. You think? Uh, yeah, I think. I really do. I think. <laughs> I've never gotten that. You know, and what you hear. I see it as all positive, Deacon Jeff. Well, those are the bricks in the head we were talking about. <laughs> we need to get some of those bricks out. Now I'm teasing. But, you know, and I know you're being facetious. Yes. But the reality is sometimes we fall into the trap of believing all that. Right. Right. What happens when you hear daily that the, the church is shrinking, you know, kids are leaving. They don't care anymore. They're they're spiritual but not religious. Um, that, that, you know, you hear about the priest's. Uh, abusing, and you hear about sex scandals, etc. Yeah. When you and, can despair if you listen right, to it, right? Gets enough. blown out of uh, out of proportion, obviously, uh, but still very bad. But right. you can let it take over the message, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you know that that people are un- uneducated. We people don't learn that much about their faith anymore, and don't really know. And um, you know, and then our pope gets misquoted so often. You know, you hear all that <laughs> stuff in the news, and the reality is, you can get you can think, you know, what we're failing. Oh yeah. We're failing. And the, and the reality is we, you know. And you give up. Here, but here's the truth. And this is what we need to not give up. This mm-hmm. is why. Because two things. One is Jesus. I mean, we hear in the scriptures that Jesus came that we might live life to the full. Mm-hmm. Right. And that our joy would be complete. It's not a negative message. Right. It's a positive message. He wants us to live life to the full. And he wants us to have joy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, that, and that's so important for, for us to understand but then I guess also it's important for us to understand that Jesus himself said that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Right. As negative as people want to make it sound, Tom, it may be just you and I who are left in the Catholic Church. I get to be Pope, by the way. <laughs> but I'll make you a cardinal. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. But the point is, you know, it may dwindle down to next to nothing. Aren't you being presumptuous? I'm being very presumptuous. Wouldn't you think that I don't have to vote for you? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> And I could, I'm humble. I would never vote for myself. Yeah. Anyway, the, all joking aside, the reality is that the church can get very small, but it's never going away. Right. No matter how negative things are. So this wall, this brick wall is really, a, it's a fantasy. Yeah. It's there to kind of scare you into not, into not acting. Right. Now, and then there's also this other um, issue. Like when we go out, one of the things that a brick wall that would keep us from going out is, you know, the expression unrequited love. Yes. Tom, I'm sure you had that little girl. You know, with pigtails 
in grade school that you just madly in love tells. with. Okay, all right, long flowing blonde hair. But I know where you're going with this. Yeah, we 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 all have those little um, in right. our life. We fall in love with somebody who we've never spoken to. Right. Right. We look over there, and they would never give us the time of day. And if they ever said hi, we'd drop our books and run. Exactly. Right. And and or We're that we tied. love someone who will never love us. Right. Right. They can't. They're in a relationship. They they don't see us as we see them. That's unrequited love. It's not returned. Right. Right. And a lot of people think, look, I'm going out in this world and I'm telling people I love them, but they hate me. Yeah. They hate me for what I say, for what I stand for. They're angry with me mm-hmm. and they don't see what I'm saying and doing as love. Right. right. That's unrequited love. And the thing is, we have to do it anyway. And I, and I guess the, the way out on this one, the way to, to look at this is God loves us no matter what we do. No matter who we are, no matter how we do it, God always loves us, mm-hmm. even when we don't deserve it. And the reality is he still is faithful to us. He is still there, yep. always for us. And in the same way, even though we don't get the love returned to us, we have to model God. We have to be like God. We have to not stop loving just because we're not having that love returned to us. Right. Right. And so that, in essence, is another way in which we've created this big brick wall. Says, well, I'm going to go out there and they're going to be bashing me and they're going to be hating me and they're going to call me a hater, you know, because the world... It is countercultural, right. but it goes deeper. It becomes more emotional, yeah. right? We always talk about how we try to treat others as we'd like to be treated, but the other side of whatever coin you're looking at or the other side of the field never seems to play that way, mm-hmm. right? And how many football games did you win, Tom, because your coach said, they're going to love you in return. If you, <laughs> if you let them run and get a score, they're going to let you get a score. I don't remember that. No, you'd get trampled. Yeah, I don't remember right? that at all. You'd get clobbered. And the reality is both sides don't play that way. Yeah. But, the, but, but we cannot give up the, the good fight, the right. honest fight, the, the fight of love, mm-hmm. and really just sort of uh, be, being uh, bearers of the truth. Right. That's something that we always have to do, even if it's unrequited, even if it's not returned. Yeah. And we, we, we run that risk. When we open our mouths about Jesus oh, in time. this culture, absolutely right. Now, another one I want to talk about, another brick wall. Rather than a brick wall, this is more like a 150-year-old oak tree. Okay. You know, those roots are deep, yep. and it's big, mm-hmm. and it would take a lot to push that thing over. And really, if I, as an individual human being, would go and push against that oak tree, it ain't falling. Right. Right? It's going to take something supernatural, right? It's going to... Harshly natural, you know, a, a great big windstorm or whatever that God would conjure up or allow to happen. But the reality is the people that we're talking to, the attitudes, mm-hmm. they are firmly ensconced. Oh, yeah. They are buried deep and they have taken root. Yeah. Right? I, I do that sometimes. It's hard for me to get out of a mold or a rut or uh, I've created a way of life or a way of thinking. Yeah. It's hard to, to uproot You're human. that. You're human. You know, you think about the times that you've gone and... Uh, out in the flower garden and, and do some weeding mm-hmm. and you pull those weeds and after a while it gets hard because oh, those yeah. things are in there. They're tough right. by nature. A weed is going to be tougher than like the little delicate flower, isn't it? It's going to be right. rooted in there. And I've, I've even known that sometimes that I've, if I forgot to wear my gloves, that it cuts my fingers. Oh yeah. You know, a million paper cuts it. it it's, it's painful It is, and it's sore. Uh, it's hard. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and that can be a brick, a brick wall it can be, but the reality is again, um, we we need to realize that you, even though we can't change these things, I've I've got to let God do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do it on my own and let God be my strength. And that's a that's an important thing. And so often we we try to do things on our own, right? And even though we have this brick wall or this deeply rooted thing in front of us, let God do the heavy lifting. Oh yeah, 
right? It's, it's uh, you know, I want to do it all myself and take credit. Well, I don't, you know, well, I, I can't credit all, my way into There's heaven. also comfort in letting God do the work. Yeah, letting go. Yeah. You know the expression, let go and let God. Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Well, we have more to talk about on these brick walls or these obstacles that we can overcome great. Uh, in evangelization. Before we do that, remind folks at home, we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Even though you may diligently search the scriptures, you will not find the word Trinity there. Much like many other doctrines like purgatory, the Holy Trinity can be best understood in light of a combination of sacred tradition alongside sacred scripture. There's a very old and interesting tradition concerning the teaching of the Trinity, usually attributed to St. Patrick, a bishop of Ireland. When St. Patrick arrived in Ireland as a priest, the Emerald Isle was predominantly pagan, and there was a well-established practice of polytheism, the worship of multiple gods. St. Patrick made it his personal goal to win the island over to the one true God and his one church. At great personal risk, he fought tirelessly in this holy endeavor. A particular stumbling block for many of the polytheists was the Catholic understanding of the Holy Trinity. How can you say that you worship one God, but pray to three, they would ask. St. Patrick is said to have used a very novel and successful illustration to help them understand the Trinity. Perhaps he got this idea from reading St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says, Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. Legend has it St. Patrick displayed a piece of shamrock, a three-leafed variety of clover common to the area. He asked those to whom he was ministering, Is this one leaf or is it three? After a thoughtful pause, they would reply, It is both one leaf and three. St. Patrick would simply say, And so it is with God. The use of the shamrock to better illustrate the Holy Trinity, one God and three persons, is still used today and serves as a wonderful starting point for discussions about the Trinity and its place as a foundational doctrine of the faith. St. Patrick was very effective as a Catholic missionary in Ireland. He personally welcomed thousands into the church through the sacrament of baptism. He ordained hundreds of Irish Catholic priests, set up many churches throughout the country, and founded many monasteries all of which kept the fires of faith burning in Ireland for years to come. Though he was not Irish himself, the people of the Emerald Isle have taken him as their own, making him the patron saint of Ireland. His feast day is March 17th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here like still de- talking to Tom. It's like deja vu all deja over vu again. Deja vu all over again. It seems like we're always here. Yeah. And it's a good place to be, the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Absolutely. Cafe, having a nice Absolutely. cup of Java. 
Yes. Talking about Come see us sometime. the things that are so important in our lives, and we're talking about evangelization. Yes, we are. And the things that hinder our evangelization, brick, right? Brick walls. Brick walls, and there's lots of them. You think there's just one brick wall, but then you tear that one down or that one gets torn right. down, then there's another one right behind it. Yeah. And we talked about four so far. We talked about the fact that our message is countercultural, mm-hmm. that people don't want to hear it, that they hate it, whatever. The, you know, we found out that the media is always negative and saying you're going to fail, you mm-hmm. know. There's no, I think I can, I think I can. It's always, hey, no way you're going to do this. Right. Right? And that's easy or for us to see. Right. And then, of course, this unrequited love, this idea that we're going to love folks, and they're, they're not going to love us in it's return. It's not going to happen. You know? And, and it's going to be difficult. Now, occasionally we get someone to love us in return. Those are moments of a- affirmation. But for the most part, because the message is countercultural, yeah. it ain't going to be returned oh, yeah. with love. Right? Yeah. And, and quite often, it's the, it's the opposite of that, isn't it? I'm not then, feeling warm, warm, fuzzy, by the way. Really? I'm not. Oh, well, but we talked about good things as, as well. Okay. Right? I mean, we've talked about the fact that even though our message is countercultural, it's true. That's Yeah, you're right. You know, it's actually reassuring. It's actually good for people to hear it. Yeah. It leads to holiness in life and leads to a, a, a happier life, right? Yeah. And, and obviously, though the... The media may be negative. The reality is we have to understand that Jesus came that we'd have life to the full. He wants our joy to be complete. You're right. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So we got somebody big in our corner. That's true. And he's asked us to do him, uh, do him this work, this job, this, right. this follow his will in our lives, but to share his love with all those that we meet and, you know, to go therefore. And of course the unrequited love is the reality is there's nothing better than when that love comes home. Oh yeah. Right. When you finally when the Lord finally breaks through and the Holy Spirit cracks open something, they realize that you've, you've made the best friend ever. Yeah. And they will love you to the end of time because of what you did for them. And then, of course, this other aspect of being deep-rooted. Yeah. You know, the, the, the oak tree or whatever. These people that you're talking to, these situations, these institutions that we're, that we're up against, these, these bad teachings, mm-hmm. they are in firmly ensconced and deep-rooted. And that, all of this stuff is enough to say, I can't do it. Right. But again, it's a positive message. Right. It's, it's a healthy message holy message mm-hmm. it's something that we're we're called to do it's a and and the lord is on our side mm-hmm. right and even these big deep rooted folks eventually those big trees will topple if the wind blows hard enough if the holy spirit comes in the holy spirit can do amazing things yeah right so there's a couple other one i talked about and one is that the fact that we live in a noisy world what'd you say yes yes you hear all the noise in the background <laughs> well played sir Thank you know you. the noisy world you know in our I guess our instinct is when it gets noisy is we cover our ears. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we'll stop and say, I'm not going out there. It's too noisy. Yeah. There's just too much going on. Yeah. You know, and we're easily distracted. We see oh, yeah. the noise and we go, oh, look, shiny. Ob- I got shiny object syndrome. Right. And I'll start to do something. I'll be in the house. and be, I'll be like, oh, I got to go downstairs and, and do this. I got to right. put, put my key away or whatever. And I'll go downstairs and I'll go, why did I come downstairs? Right. Because immediately <laughs> come downstairs, there's something on television um, there's a something I, have to, I tripped over. Right. There's a, a the loose banister that I've always been meaning to fix, and there's always these little distractions that will keep me from whatever that mission was. Right. And then sometimes I just don't want to go out. Right. Yeah. Kind of, it's, it sounds like like the suburbs. You know, you'll see people that will pull in their driveway, open the garage door, park, close the garage door, get up the next day, leave, never talk to anybody, never see their That's neighbors. Right. I think they're scared of the noise. They kind of hole up. They want to be out in the middle of it. Right. You know, and, yeah. and for whatever reason, and they, they stay locked up in their house. Yeah. You know, of course, now the groceries can be delivered. The, the cable's 24-7 and with yeah. 40 million channels. And, 
you know, really there's no reason to leave for some people. Exactly. Right? And so those are the kind of things that can, can help us to see that it's important uh, that we do go out. Right. But we can see in others why they don't want to. That, I think that noise and that distraction is what keeps a lot of people from leaving. Oh, totally. Right? Stay in the security of their little home. Yeah, totally. I think the last one I want to talk about is the idea that most evangelists are woefully unprepared. That yeah. we're, we're in a culture right now, in a world that's where our church maybe has not done a great job of teaching some basic truths, mm-hmm. but also where I think that people, because of the noise, the distraction, the countercultural, the negative, the unrequited love, I think a lot of people have failed to have that personal relationship with Jesus themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that can make you woefully unprepared to evangelize. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's a Latin phrase, and I probably am going to mispronounce it. And I apologize to all you Latin Latinists out there that Scholars. know right that know these these pronunciations. But the the, the phrase is "nemo dot quod non habet." Nemo dot quod non habet. Easy for you to say. Yeah, not easy for me to say. But when I say it, I have it memorized because it's something I've always remembered. It's it's actually also a great uh, legal term. Mm-hmm. Right, that if you owe somebody some money but you can't pay them, you can't pay them because you don't have the money. Right. Well, quote non habet means you cannot give what you do not have. Yeah. And true. when it comes to evangelization, if you're trying to evangelize, you better have a relationship. Right. If you don't have Jesus, how are you supposed to give Jesus to others? Right. That you makes know, sense. And this whole idea of being prepared to evangelize is not merely just boning up on your apologetics and memorizing quotes are these good things they are very good things mm-hmm. but at the at the heart of that what starts that and what is what we're called to do is to have that personal relationship with Jesus to know Jesus mm-hmm. and in knowing Jesus suddenly there is a desire for us to know more about him to know more about his church to know about more about her teachings mm-hmm. And so suddenly it's like we then we do go and memorize because we memorize the Bible verses not because we're just like going um, I can't even have joy to complete I can't even write joy to complete I mean, you know it's like we're not just memorizing things like that we're reading enough that we're familiar now right with the context of the quote right it's, it's like you are Peter and on the, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and I will give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Which, you know, it's like, so you know those words, not because you've just taken the time to memorize it, because you've said it so many times, because you've read it so many times, and you understand it. Well, that's because you know Jesus, and you have a desire to know more about him. So how do you find more about him? You find more about him in your very heart and soul, your conscience, where God speaks to us, but also in the relationship with others, but then also in God's revelation to us. Mm-hmm. What, does the t- what does the church teach us? Right. right? Sacred tradition. What is the all, the church always taught as doctrine and dogma? And then also, what what is what does the church reveal to us in Scripture? What has God revealed in Scripture? And these are important things. And so we avail ourselves of these things so that we can know Jesus even more. Right. And once we know him, we are now, we are armed to the teeth. Not right. to use a military model, but the idea is we now can... We can go into any situation right. because we're prepared, because we have a relationship with Christ. Yep. We know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Mm-hmm. We know that it's a positive message. Mm-hmm. right? And we've learned about our faith to the degree that we can explain basic teachings of the church. And that's, I've got to tell people, that's the most important thing that you can do. If you have kids falling away from the church, if you have friends who have fallen away from the church, if you have people who are interested, you know, but maybe, or maybe they're interested in converting you to some Protestant faith, uh, or something else, 
or they've said, I don't really believe in anything and I think it's silly. Mm-hmm. If you can explain your faith in a conversational way mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like you're quoting a bunch of theological Latin terms, mm-hmm. then you've done a great thing. Oh, yeah. Right? Because that's what's, I think, most effective. That's the most uh, effective form of evangelization. I love, again, the idea that the Curcio movement has, and that is this idea of, of making a friend, introducing yourself. Right. Right? But then being a friend, gaining their trust because you truly care about them. Mm-hmm. And in that friendship conf- uh, context mm-hmm. where you're actually their friend, they're willing to listen to you, yep. and they will see right through anything that you say where you're hypocritical. And they will know if you don't know. Right. right, and that's your opportunity when you when you become their friend. You're actually able to share the gospel with them in a way where they're not feeling like they're being manipulated. Mm-hmm. And only then, only then can you bring that friend to Christ. Yep. Make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. And a lot of that comes when we understand the the power of evangelization and the fact that that power doesn't rest in us. Right. It rests in God. Think about this. For those who think we shouldn't evangelize, this is the we are it's the perfect storm. It's the golden opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever. Why? Because we have technology. People talk about the bad technology and how evil the internet is. The evil's not the internet's not evil. Mm-hmm. It's amoral. It doesn't have morals. It's the people that utilize it. Right. Well, use that technology for good. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a powerful, powerful means of communication. And also the world is connected right now. Mm-hmm. The entire world is, is wired. And we can go to the most remote places. Tom, we've had emails, you know, Holland and Portugal and China. all these different all these different places where people have sent us emails. And the reality is we're able to reach them because of technology right. and because we're connected. That's right. And the best part of all this is that third thing, and that is that our message it is timeless and true. Right. So we have good stuff to share, mm-hmm. good means by which to share it, and, and a network that's set up mm-hmm. uh, to, to be successful. Right. And the most important thing, I guess, as we look at these brick walls, is to realize that the Holy Spirit is a wrecking ball. And I don't That's mean exactly like in right. a destructive way and tearing us down and no. hurting us and hurting relationships, tearing down obstacles. Right. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Come in as a wrecking ball and knock down all of those uh, obstacles that we've put up ourselves. Yep. And we, we, we think that, oh, this is insurmountable. Mm-hmm. Don't disparage. Mm-mm. Don't despair. Right. Don't lose hope. Right? Faith, hope, and love are alive and well in the church. Oh, yeah. Right? We need to build our faith as we have faith. Right? And then we also need to show that faith and love to others, and that's what gives the world hope. And the Holy Spirit is the impetus behind all that. He is there to bust down those walls, to take care of business, to make sure that we've got a guardian. Oh, yeah. An inspiration to, to over, overhaul everything in our lives and to help us to be successful. How beautiful that is. Amen, Deacon Jeff. We should close this clo- this, uh, this show as we always do in prayer. I agree. Let's do that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, you truly love us, a love we cannot earn. And you ask only that we go out and share that love with others. Help us, we pray, to rise above the noise overcome obstacles. Send your Holy Spirit to tear down all the walls we've built, walls that separate the world from your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.